I was born on this mountain a long, long time ago. Before they knocked down the timber and a strip mined all the coal. When you rose up in the morning, before it was daylight, to go down in that dark hole and come back up at night. All right, everybody. This is take two of episode 35 of Justified Pursuit because Chisholm and I were rolling there for about 10 minutes and I didn't hit the record button and Chisholm didn't think to say hey are we recording but oh, boy, yeah, it's are. my fault i'm the it's, one in charge of, yeah charge i'm i'm to blame for this anyway i'm cable smith alongside my good buddy co-host the counselor chisholm cook how are you today other than the fact that uh, we're gonna have to do a redo i'm doing good <laughs> I, I'm, I'm foreseeing some deja vu here uh listeners if it sounds in my responses like i've already heard about cable's uh vacation to the beach with his family it's because i have yeah twice yeah. Actually. But, so uh, yeah. you don't even okay. have to ask me i'll just tell you or you did ask me previously but i'll just tell you vacation was great man um my kids are at the age now to where my wife and i aren't having to like well i'm she's at the mother hen but we're not having to like watch them incessantly while they're playing at the beach like henry's eight the girls are six they've all taken swim lessons they're fine not saying we just let them go when we're not down at the beach, but unlike my sister-in-laws, yes, sister-in-laws, they have two kids. One's one and the other one's two. Um, that's a terrible age to take kids to the beach. Not only are they eating sand and screaming and crying about the salt in their eyes, you don't, you know, you just can't, you have to keep your eyes on them at all times. Another couple of friend of ours came down from Houston. They have three kids. Their kids are eight, five, and two. I was like, man, y'all should have had twins. You know, I had to do this bullshit twice. And, um, man, it was kind of liberating to be down there and finally be at that point where it's like, okay, we've gotten, we've gotten to the point of parenting. Like, I think there's this sweet spot between toddler and then like, until you get to like teenage years, especially with girls where I'm sure all hell is going to break loose. But right now we're living in like prime time. The kids are so sweet obedient for the most part. And, um, I think this might be the, the best part of parenting until your kids are grown up and then your friends again. I don't know. Yeah. So far, I think my parents would agree with that based off of my childhood. <laughs> like cable was a great kid until about sixth grade. Then what the fuck happened until he was 23 or four and grew up a little bit. My findings are that, uh, I am enjoying the kids more and more, the older they get. Because uh, I like to be able to talk to them. To your point, I like them to be able to do, you know, stuff that, you know, requires at least a, a certain level of coordination to just keep up, right? Uh, outdoor stuff and whatnot. Um, my third is seven, and she's really getting to that spot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think I'm on board with what you're saying. My oldest is going to turn 13 this year. I can say that her and her soon-to-be 11-year-old sister. Uh, you know, there, there's something called a preteen. I don't, I don't know how much it's going to change as they actually become full grown teenagers, but they're definitely, 
becoming challenging in new ways. But for the most part, they're really good kids. And, you know, they understand sarcasm and jokes. And um, they definitely understand when dad's not playing anymore. So mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also definitely have a tendency to uh, overstep their bounds, get a little sassy, a little mouthy, that sort of thing. Uh, my biggest thing is that the soon to be 13 year old, she's only three and a half years away from driving a car, dude. Like it hit, I don't know why, Terrible. you know, how sometimes it's just that sort of thing hits you and it's like, oh, it's, I've thought it's, about no, it. it's no more real right now than it was yesterday but or scary. a month ago, but man, it's close, dude. Like three years when you're 25 might as well be a lifetime, but three years when you're 40 with four kids and a career and a side gig that doesn't pay uh is that'd be in this right <laughs> it's, uh, hey, hey potential sponsor blink of an eye like yeah to... hook us up mm. just don't expect us to be any more politically correct right or we um yeah so one cool thing we did though was um and i told you this the, the girls i always give them the same runaround of hey dad henry's got to go on all these fishing trips guided trips and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, whatever age they were, I just add on a year to it and say, well, you have to be this age to go. And they finally were like, dad, you said six last year and we're six now. So they kind of busted me. I was like, all right, fine. So took them on a guided trip. And, uh, but, but before when I was packing the truck up, I was loading my fishing poles in the, in the bed of the truck and Frankie walks out and it's like, dad, where's my fishing pole? I'm like, I'm not taking your pole like instant tears like dad you said i was going fishing i'm like you are we're going with a guide he has all the stuff you don't need your okay we take care of that situation and then we're about to repeat it with stella and i'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. she was like where's my fishing pole i was like there's a guide that has all the stuff for you he'll even bait the hook and hand it to you so don't worry he got, got you covered uh but dude they had a blast they, they they can't wait to go back uh we we didn't catch a lot of keepers but caught eight species redfish trout henry caught a stingray um and even my sweet wife learned how to uh use a uh, a spinning reel so making some some good casts nice man there's Mm -hmm. something really cool about watching kids catch their first fish uh or even their 50th fish dude it's i don't know man i mean when you see somebody enjoying something that much just straight away it's one of those things that to me like has some sort of primal connection, right? Like, I mean, mankind has been fishing, you know, as long, probably, I mean, as long as we've been hunting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've all, we always talk about that deep connection, uh, deep sense of meaning that we get from hunting and fishing is the same way. Uh, it's not a coincidence to me to watch kids just like lose their S over, catching a fish sitting and trying to fish is a little different story <laughs> for kids <laughs> catching yeah. the yeah. catching with the young kids is uh seems to be pretty critical yeah uh, i'm always really amazed when i like you know i come across especially like working with tribe and everything you know younger kids and they have four, 12 to you know 18 year old range some of them are just like adamant fishermen to the bone and i'm like i always loved fishing and i did fish just on my own with some buddies a fair bit in high school but it's like if I didn't know where to catch them, I don't know how much time I would have spent <laughs> just right. going and Thanks, know, Dad. trying to sort it out. But yeah. um, anyway, definitely when you're able to put a rod in a kid's hand that has a fish on it, it's a, it's a pretty cool special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we don't really have a script today because I've been out. Um, 
few miscellaneous texts over the last week, but one thing that stood out as far as uh, topics for today's show, Supreme Court decided with a unanimous 9-0 decision to side with the Catholic Church. Um, This was uh, an adoption, a foster agency issue in Philadelphia where they were trying to, um, the Catholic Church was sticking to their religious um, beliefs and saying, hey, we're not going to condone same-sex foster parents. And you and I have talked about this. I just said I have uh, two sister-in-laws. They have two kids. So this is something, you know, homosexuality, something very close to my immediate family. And you and I are not here to judge or even, it doesn't even matter. That's irrelevant to us. Um, But the fact that the Supreme Court sided on the side of religious freedom is a a big deal, especially with a a 9-0 vote. It's a huge deal, man. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we're, our record on this is pretty clear. Um, we don't think the government has any business telling two people, uh, they're not allowed to get married, but simultaneously, we don't believe the government has any business telling a church that that particular church has to conduct said marriage. Um, same thing goes with this. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, I, I, I do believe that the best structure for raising kids is is a mom and a dad because uh, many people will deny this these days, but psychologically, scientifically speaking, dads have a role. Not to say that well, no, kids ch- raise... Chism, those days are dead. The days of no, masculinity I, 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 are, are gone, my friend. Yeah. Masculinity, it's yeah, toxic now. <laughs> you can say all you want. It doesn't Which change the reality. Which is why we have this show, thing. because we don't believe that's that not it a is. Listen, I'm super happy for your sister-in-laws, and I'm sure they're going to be great parents, and their kids are going to do just fine. I'm not like sitting here saying that you're doomed if you were raised right. in some sort of alternative family structure. I'm just saying that's my understanding of the science as well as my. What if one belief. of the women is like again, super butchy though? It's got to help. Right. I think it's got to help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with this man you, you you touched on it and this is something that i've, I've been wanting to reiterate revisit and, and then this fell in our lap i haven't had a chance to read the case or any analysis of the case um but the it, it's a really big deal and this is another we touched on this a couple of episodes ago i don't even remember which one it was but they they issued a 9-0 ruling um which if i recall correctly would be sort of construed as a conservative ruling I remember what that one was. It was about um, no the confis- gun thing. It was about yeah yeah yeah, un- yeah un- unwarranted. Yep yeah. yep. So right so that, there was that. There's been uh, several immigration cases decided nine to nothing in the last uh, month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a I don't know. I mean that this is a seasonal thing. Like these decisions come in big. You know they they sort of spend nine months vetting these cases and then they dump them all on you at the beginning of the summer. Um, but it's been like one nine zero case after another, after another, after another. I think one decision was like seven two. Um, there hasn't, I don't think yet, been a six three, you know, Republican appointee versus Democrat appointee split uh, in this session. At least not one that I've seen. Um, I read this analysis after we talked about that uh, gun confiscation case that I saw on Fox's website, saying, "Is the Supreme Court trying to send a message with all these?" all these kind of unanimous decisions um, saying, you know, basically trying to drive home the idea that uh, the Supreme court is not a partisan institution. 
uh, it is not swayed by politics. Um, you've got the most, you know, liberal and, you know, in one or two instances, arguably leftist justices on the court ruling with the majority strictly reading the law and not reading a bunch of crap into it. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's no doubt that if it's a Catholic diocese running an adoption program, they've got to be able to be Catholic. Right. Right. Um, there was a case, one of these, uh, immigration cases, um, again, it was, it was up. It, the decision was, um, I don't want to say anti-immigration, but it was, it was upholding immigration rules and restrictions, whatever it was, which but, is so, why they why they exist, right? Who would sure? Oh, now it's but, racist because we're going to enforce our own immigration policy. You know? the, the the interesting thing about it, this one was, as I've described, there's all these concurring opinions written, right? And so, Sotomayor and Kagan both showed um, the kind of gap between them in terms of how their leftist credentials. So again, all of them voted in favor of, of enforcing whatever the hell the matter was, but the immigration laws, right? But the actual code of the law in question uses the term alien, right? Which historically has been the term you use for a foreigner coming into your country, either legally or illegally, right? Mm -hmm. Legal alien, illegal alien, whatever. Yeah, there's and, tons um, of legal documents where it says, are you an illegal alien? Like, right. We, yeah. yeah. Again, because it, like that actually comes license or right. something that comes from immigration statute, right? Actual right. codified law passed by Congress. Um, interestingly, um, well, and, and so in addition, they were utilizing Supreme Court precedent in their analysis from written by uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall, um, legendary uh, justice. I think the opinion was from the early 80s, but he was the first uh, black Supreme Court justice. Um, she said, so, so, so justice Marshall had used obviously the terminology from the act alien some 50 times or whatever throughout the document that they were reciting to right throughout the Supreme court decision, justice Kagan used the term alien because it's statutory. Justice Sotomayor refused to, she referred to the people as immigrant, I believe, um, even going so far. So, you know, it, when, when you're when you're writing a legal opinion, whether it's as an attorney submitting it before a court or as a judge, there's very specific rules and style, you know, about how to how to properly quote. Right. And what the format of a quote looks like and how to cite to the case and stuff. And mm -hmm. so, like, if you're going to pull a quotation from another case and you just sort of want to highlight part of it. You know, you, you may like introduce the guy's words and then have like an ellipses, like dot, 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 and leave the kind of middle chunk out that's irrelevant and then go back to what you're saying. If you're going to change something because you're taking the, the quote to actually apply it to your case, like mm -hmm. say the quote was written in single, uh, uh, like in, in like this, the nouns were all singular and you want to change them to plural because it makes more sense in the flow of your sentence to change them to plural, then you would put a bracket around the S, right? To show... The bracket means you change the text right. of the original quotation, but it's still inside the quotation, right? Yeah. So she had she had removed Justice Marshall's uh, references to alien and bracketed in the word immigrant. I mean, she was clearly demonstrating, I'm not okay with this un-PC terminology. So, you know, she Dude, let here's her... Here's the reality. So today it's alien tomorrow it's going to be immigrant and then that's going to be racist and it's going to this is an ever-evolving deal where 
it's always going to be racist, whatever you use. Until yeah, well, I mean, that's we're all the same. Right. They, they changed illegal immigrant to undocumented immigrant because elite, who, how can people be illegal? The, the, the point is interesting to me. Not she, she voted the right way on the case. Mm-hmm. But there were other eight justices, I think, to this probably surprise of a great number of leftists. I mean, there's got to be people all over the country going, wait a minute, wait a minute. She was our, you know, our commie in, in hiding up there. Right. Um, but she did have to let her PC credentials show by changing the words of the great justice Thurgood Marshall. So, uh, yeah. and, and more importantly, I guess the words of the statute, but it didn't change her ruling. And again, getting back to this case, right. Um, man, you want to talk about uh, a real dagger to progressivism, like a nine Oh decision upholding religious Liberty as applied to a, uh, you know, an LGBTQ issue, uh, I mean, it's a big damn deal, man. I, I don't remember what the... You want me to read you a snippet of uh, Chief Justice Roberts' majority opinion? Sure. Okay. He said, the refusal of Philadelphia's uh, of Philadelphia to con- contract with CSS, that's the uh, Catholic Social Services, um, but anyway, the refusal for them to contract with CSS for the provision of foster care service, unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents, cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates the first amendment. Boom. So pretty straightforward there. Pretty yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I, I think there might be something to this article I was referencing where I don't know, man, I say that. And, and if you look back at the cases, even before, um, uh, you know, before the current construction of the, of the court, um, before Kennedy stepped down and was replaced by Kavanaugh and all that, uh, obviously before, rbg died i mean even she you know had been on record strongly about freedom of speech um you know and the attack on freedom of speech from the left she had been you know a strong advocate against the idea of court packing you know i, I guess the fact that sotomayor and uh especially sotomayor maybe somewhat kagan seemed to be jumping in in defense of the rule of law the law is written and not being willing to bow to political correctness apart from, you know, minor tweaks to language. That's a huge deal, man. Um, I guess I shouldn't go so far as to say they're motivated by trying to tamp down the tribalism that we're seeing in the country, but it's a huge relief to see that they are right. I mean, one of the things that, that I've stressed since, you know, the election on this show is reasons for optimism being the deadlock in the Senate, and as long as Manchin and Cinema and a couple of others hold firm to their convictions, which they absolutely seem to be, then we won't end up with a, you know, elimination of the filibuster, allowing for cramming through of things that, you know, 70% of Americans, 60% of Americans don't Puerto want. Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., you're going to be All states. that stuff, right. right. Um, but then, you know, and then sort of double backed up by the idea that we, that there was this, you know, what I would consider to be bulletproof five, four and occasional six, three majority on the Supreme court. Well, I mean, for the court to be have ruling like this, it gives me, it gives me the feels, man. I'm very happy to, to see again, especially from the, the harder left side, those folks um, not willing to bow just, just for saving face or just to, you know, to sort of present a certain look. And um, it's a good thing, man. Um, if they and if they can't pack the court, they can't screw with that. And if Mansion doesn't ever fold, they can't pack the court. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, dude, all of this basically amounts to like this HR one thing we've been talking about. There's mm-hmm. no way in hell 
that first of all, there's no way in hell they're going to get the Senate to pass it. But let's say they did. Let's say that that Manchin finally caves and they use Kamala Harris's vote to, you know, ram H.R. 1 down everybody's throats. Well, looks to me pretty clearly that this Supreme Court would smack that thing, you know, completely out of the ballpark saying, F, you know, that is a gross, uh, you know, intrusion on into states' rights uh, as specified in the Constitution to regulate their own election processes, right? Um, the other big one is um, the Equality Act. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I know that this religious liberty issue and religious discrimination, I guess you could call it, mm-hmm. on, you know, uh, on issues like this, LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, that's, they're basically trying to eradicate a church's ability to do something just like this. Well, that thing doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. You can't pass the Equality Act if you've got nine to nothing decisions in support of the First Amendment's protection for freedom of religion coming from the Supreme Court. You can't. I mean, you can pass it, but it'll be, it'll be, you know, eviscerated by this court. So it's really, really important stuff. In the meantime, just so we're balanced, they did also uphold Obamacare for yet the third time. Um, But that shouldn't be really a surprise to anybody at this point. We're kind of stuck with that dog. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got another note here from someone who I absolutely despise. And that is uh, Megan Rapino. And we'll get to her in a second, but you know, we've color, talked a lot what about color hair does she have today? Uh purple ish, something like that. She's got a boy's haircut and it's purple. Um yeah, I said that. I don't care. <laughs> um anyway, the United States Soccer Federation came out and again denied the women's soccer players equal pay, saying that it would bankrupt the federation if they got the same bonuses the men got um from the World Cup. Because like we've talked about. People don't watch women's sports. They watch the World Cup. Yeah, okay. Well, the World Cup still only generates like 4% of the men's World Cup, which is you're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars versus like 400 million. So anyway, common sense prevailed there for now. I'm sure that they'll get their panties in a wad again, and it will never be the end of it with her. But uh, she came under fire for a tweet that resurfaced and this was actually a 10 year old tweet but here is her twitter account and it says and she's talking to a a non um asian person and it's from a photo and she says you look asian with those closed eyes is that racist chisholm i would I think that an sure asian is, person would think that was racist I can, if if Anybody who was known to be right of center sent that tweet. You can damn sure bet they would be dogpiled by all of Twitter right now. So, but you know, I'm not going to judge. You know what her reward was? I don't know what racist means anymore, but um, a lot of people would call it racist, including most of her friends. Do you know what her reward is for this? She is now a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, I saw that. So here's the bad news about that: they are getting rid of their their angels. Like, so pretty ladies that model their lingerie. Not that I watch fashion shows or really give a crap. But now we are replacing all of our, oh, I don't know. who's What's Tom Brady's wife? Uh, Giselle. We're replacing all of our Giselles with normal you know, people like Megan Rapino, transgender model Valentina Sampiao, right. uh, actress Pierranka Chopra Jonas, 
and a Sudanese refugee, Adak Akech, and some photographers. And just basically every uh, everyday people are now going to be modeling Victoria. I don't want to see that. I don't really, really don't want to see any of it, but come on, which, man. You, you know what's really driving all that, right? Epstein. Uh, what? Epstein. Oh. Epstein is driving all that. The dead the guy? guy? Yeah, dude. He didn't kill himself? The one that didn't kill himself. He, uh, that penthouse that he lived in in New York City, uh-huh. uh, that one that had the uh, painting of Bill Clinton in a dress hanging in the foyer when you entered the front door. Yeah. That thing was given to him. It's like a $25 million like brownstone. It was given to him as a gift by the guy who started and owned Victoria's Secret. Huh. Yeah. And, you know, okay. he, ran a, he ran a sex island. How many would-be Victoria's Secret models do you think ended up turning, uh, well, doing favors on, on Epstein's sex island? I don't know. No idea. Hopefully not many, but uh, where there's there's usually fire. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I believe that uh, they are desperately trying to get out ahead of um, uh, a, a pending apocalypse. But you know, it also does fit the sort of leftist um, uh, you know equity move towards body positivity. Blah, 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 blah. So there's no bigger hypocrite than Megan Rapinoe, though, who has a racist tweet out there, which it's 10 years old, whatever. But that's what people do now. They dig up stuff you said 10 years ago and they hold your feet to the fire for it. But she's, I mean, we've already talked about this. Like when it comes to letting boys play sports with girls, she calls herself a feminist, but then she votes against women's rights. <laughs> like, there's, there's no bigger walking uh, contradiction than, than this lady. Yeah, I don't. That's have why, any, that's I, why I, I despise I, her. She, I got no time for her, man. She's, she's why a lady she who's staying in the news. Then go away, lady. She's making six figures to play soccer that nobody makes more than that. That, that nobody watches. Right. Well, I was going to get to endorsements. Poor she's making a six-figure salary just to play. Then she's making literally millions by being a you know woke scold Marxist, um, and you know. Anybody, Patrice Colors, if you're listening, uh, I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking at you who uh, espouses any sort of borderline Marxist philosophies about equity um, while raking in millions and living in you know beautiful estates can suck it. Yeah, that's well, my take on that. I'm not going to walk into. So I like to buy my wife lingerie. Okay, uh, Victoria's Secret's a nice place to go. I'm not going to be going there if I have to look at her ugly face. Uh, <laughs> just not gonna do it but she might you know what she might be pretty i don't know i can't get past what she stands for uh you guys can crucify me for it if you want but i'm pretty in much in a i don't give up is she good that's my question is she like one of the better players on this on the squad i mean she's good she's not the best player never has been right third or fourth somewhere she's just the one with the purple hair that plays right midfield i mean are we are the the, if she wasn't a lesbian and she didn't have purple hair nobody would know who she is is it next summer's World Cup that the men didn't qualify for? No, no, no. The that was last. That was the last cup. Eighteen, yeah. Okay, so, so we're they're, so they're, are they in next year? They're about to start qualifying for it. Okay, so we haven't qualified yet, but we're not out of it yet. Right. Well, I have and an then, idea. And then, and then it's the next one that we're doing the World Cup with. So the next one's in Qatar, uh, which they, dude, you want to hear some scandalous stuff? They just bought that World Cup. Oh, yeah, uh, I've heard. Yeah. yeah, but then the next one, I think, is uh, U.S., Canada, and Mexico are 
doing it the cool. North American World Cup. So we automatically qualified for that one. <laughs> hosting. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh dude, we should totally plan. I know that's like six years away, I guess, but uh or what would that be? Five years? No, Whatever. eight years away? Eight or nine years away? How long is that? For for the US World Cup? Next summer's Qatar and then it's here? Or uh, would you just I say? think that's right. I don't, let me just look it up real quick. But uh, by the way, I think, by the I think, way, I think it's the next one. I think it's pronounced cutter. Which doesn't make any sense. Well, you know what? I thought it was too, but then when you're on the flight and they're saying Qatar Airways, uh, Airways, hmm. then you just call Qatar because that's what they're calling it. Because that's what I flew. It to sure Africa. looks. It's that. That seems more phonetically correct. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Um. Either way, I would love to go check out one of those games. You went back in the '90s, right? I did. I Dallas saw games. Germany play South Korea. Former U.S. Uh, coach. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann scored a right. goal for Germany, and I saw that at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, cool. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, the 2026 FIFA World Cup will be held. The United, um, yeah, Canada, Mexico, United States, 2026. So, right cool. around the corner. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll have to make plans to do that. Um, let's see. But yeah, so anyway, get rid of good-looking girls and put all your, you know, everyday people in your ads, Victoria's Secret. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Whatever. Um, what else do we have here, Chisholm? Um, I've okay. got kind of two items on my mind. Um, Canada extended its COVID-19 restrictions on U.S. travel until July 21st. Nobody wants to go to Canada anyway. That's fine. I want to go um, hunting there, man. I've got to miss a bear hunt three so many places freaking times hunt. now. There's so many places to hunt. Screw Canada. Let them have Canada's their social. Great. That's sad that you think that. It's a great place to hunt. And there's a lot of good people. Oh, I know. It's got a tremendous wilderness. Canada. It's a gorgeous place. There are lots of good people there. Uh, Michael Hunter is one of my favorites. Uh, shout out, Michael. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm just like, That's, you know, hell, I, I, until they decide to step up and do something about it for themselves, it's hard for me to have any sympathy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have sympathy. That's not right. I just, I don't know what to do for them, man. It's like, I can't help you from here. My state's yeah. open. So well, they're killing all the hunting. I mean, these guys. Yes. Just... Here's what that is. Here's what it is. Cause I, I've always been a traveler, man. And Canada was certainly on my list. Every one of those cities I want to check out, their wildernesses I want to check out, British Columbia, all of it. Right. But I've come to grips during this last year with the idea that I may not get to travel anymore because I'm not taking that stupid damn shot, at least not until. So on the FDA's website, I looked this up yesterday. The, 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 the like required wait time after clinical trials of a new drug is a minimum of one and up to four years. Mm. The average like the the appropriate minimum length time for vaccines is two years, meaning you run a phase three clinical trial, which is 1,000 to 3,000 people, you know, in the test. From the point you complete that phase three clinical trial, which these vaccine jerks did, you know, like last summer, mm -hmm. you would have to wait two years before you could fully assess any uh, side effects right because they don't all come out in the first 30 days right two oh, years wait what about that drug standard. ivermectin that's been around for a long time that works 40 yeah 40 something years yeah but you can't prescribe that you can't talk yep. about it because then where's the big farm where are we going to create all these new billionaires right well so anyway 
we keep hearing Europe making noises about not being able to travel there without having had the vaccine. And you're worried about not being able to go to Africa without the vaccine. My point is if, and when we reach the point ultimately where it were vaccines are required to get on an airplane, uh, I've basically just resigned myself to, I love Texas and I'm very happy here. And if that means I can't see the world, I'm glad I got to see some of it before it went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of that's going to end up getting passed. I don't know if it's going to come down to that. If two years from now we don't, um, see any substantial, I'll put it this way. If we reach full approval of this vaccine, then maybe one day I'll take it. If it's what, that's what it takes to ultimately travel. But right now I'm just assuming I can't travel. So saying things like, yeah, tough shit. Canada is like my way of coping with the fact that I don't see a f- scenario in the near future where I get to go there. Well, if you don't think Canada is going to be the first country to require right. a passport vaccine, then you're, Oh, so the guy that I was supposed to bear hunt with, he told me that he's had people cancel elk hunts for this coming September because they're not taking the vaccine. These are uh, Roosevelt elk hunts that are $25,000 once in a lifetime, British Columbia, Roosevelt elk hunts. And these people are like, no, I'm not coming. Keep the deposit. Yep. I'm with them, but I'm not, I don't have the $25,000 for a British Columbia Roosevelt elk hunt. If I did, I would still be in the same boat. Um, uh, I kind of got off on a tangent. I do want to circle back Jin Saki style to uh, vaccines. I'll just get it out of the way right now. We talked about this in our last episode. Um, more and more is coming out, particularly with complications for men under 30. Did I mention how that data was actually in the clinical trials? The fact that did we, did we talk about how like the shot's supposed to stay localized in your shoulder, but it turns out it's spreading all over your body and Mm-mm. certain, we didn't talk about that stuff. No. <sighs> so I stumbled across last weekend, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Robert Malone. Um, he went on Brett Weinstein's podcast. Uh, y'all may remember Brett Weinstein. He was the evolutionary biology professor at a place called Evergreen College in Oregon. Who was told along with all the other Sounds super douchey. Yeah, it's super leftist. Back in 2017, he became famous when he refused to stay home for the day because the you know black, indigenous, and people of colored organization on the college campus had put in the school newspaper, everybody who's white's going to stay home for the day at our decree. Right. They had this longstanding thing going back to the seventies where they had That's this not day. racist. They had this, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, he's that guy. Historically for 40 years, they, the, the people of color would stay home for a day to show like what they bring to the school. I don't have any problem with that. Cool. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of demonstration, right? Well, this particular year in 2017, they decided to flip it and say, Hey, white folks are staying home. Right. Cause that's kind of the core of anti-racism, right? It's just mm-hmm. reverse the racism back on the other direction. And this Jewish guy named Brett Weinstein was like, um, yeah, I'm really not going to do that. Bad last name to have these days, by the way. <laughs> so they don't pronounce themselves. Not because it's Jewish. I'm just, if anyone knows Harvey in his situation. Right. So one is Weinstein and the other one is Weinstein. And I don't remember which is which, but they're not, they, they pronounce them differently. Ah, uh, okay. Spelling's the same. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Brett became Insta famous because he said, I'm not going to do that. I totally support and always have this movement. Uh, you know, he's a lefty, dude, like a pretty big lefty, like you uh-huh. would expect of a you know professor at Evergreen College, right? 
uh, Bernie San, Bernie Sanders voter, but he wrote this eloquent, you know, uh, op-ed in the school newspaper arguing why what you're doing is basically reverse oppression. You you can't tell me I can't come to my job. You have the right to demonstrate. I support your right to demonstrate. I don't support your right to tell me I'm not allowed to go to work. Right. Right. And it turned into a gigantic nightmare. Anyway, he doesn't teach anymore. He's a podcaster now. Joe Rogan helped make him super famous. Um, and he's a fascinating guy and certifiably brilliant. And he had this guy, Dr. Robert Malone on, who is credited as being the inventor slash discoverer of mRNA technology. So these vaccines, mm. not all of them, but the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are the result of work he did back in the early eight and late eighties. And the whole context, there was a three hour conversation between these two and another guy. Uh, an engineer from Silicon Valley who's just been kind of on his own, funding his own research. And you listen of- to a three-hour conversation on this. <laughs> That's what I do, bro. Where do you, I mean, where, where do you think I get up, all, come up with all this content, man? I, I do. Like I do for, the. I do the, the work, uh, so our listeners don't have a revival play button here. I, I do. Out. I do the work, so our our audience doesn't have to. Uh, we appreciate that. It was a brutal one, though, man, because the one guy, the the Silicon Valley guy, just would not stop interrupting. Man, it was so it was it was really hard to listen to. So when my mom got COVID and was in the hospital, and they finally allowed visitors when she went back into the hospital, uh, the doctor was explaining because he had just gotten vaccinated. It was the very beginning, I think. Of yeah, it would have been early early January mid-January maybe and he had just gotten vaccinated and he'd had COVID and he was explaining how the vaccine worked and um I checked out in like 10 minutes I was like this is like too much like minutiae for me to wade through just tell me if it works and if it's gonna have side effects well you can't do that because you can't you can't know if something's gonna have side effects that's never been tested right right Anyway, exactly. sorry to derail you. Exactly. Career. No, well, so okay. So this guy is a inventor of mRNA technology. He also is an MD, an actual medical doctor, right? One thing I'd ask everybody to pay attention to is when you hear somebody who's a quote expert and a scientist talking about this stuff, see if they've got MD by their name or if they only have a PhD by their name. Because as we speak, dude, there are people who call themselves virologists and vaccinologists all over this country and all over the world giving healthcare advice that are not medical doctors. They're PhDs. A friend of mine sent me, he's a Redskins fan. It's his first problem. But he sent me, because we've been, you know, we go back and forth via text with a group of people about all this stuff. And he likes to take the, you're going to take your shot, whether you like it or not approach. Right. And I was saying, dude, more and more problems popping up every day. Young men between the ages of 18 and 30 are showing alarming rates of cardio myopathy and pericardiomyopathy or something like that basically heart swelling inflammation and swelling of the heart if it's gonna affect my ticker or my other thing i ain't taking it yeah well i need those two things but you ain't 30 so so far i haven't seen a lot of evidence of serious complications of men in our age group so for whatever that's worth it's kind of it's pretty damn rough on old old people much like the virus it's definitely proving to be pretty young rough on younger men right now Seems like there's women sort of scattered throughout age groups that are having problems, and I'll touch on those in a minute. But middle-aged men, I'm not seeing or hearing a lot about, so we may be in some sort of sweet spot where we're perfectly well-suited to handle it, whatever, dude. Either way, I'm also in the sweet spot where I don't have to worry about dying from the virus. So, knock on wood. 
Right. <clears throat> anyway, getting back to the point, uh, a lot of PhDs are out there giving healthcare advice, and I don't care to hear from anybody that doesn't have a medical doctorate under behind their name. I right. want to know that you practice medicine, right? And that's the super aggravating thing about the vaccine push anyway. It's a lot of PhDs. Meanwhile, medical doctors are like, hey, this ivermectin shit we've been prescribing for stuff forever works great. My buddy sends me a link during our little banter about how Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team, has... Uh, had brought in a, quote, expert to try to convince his team why they need to take the vaccine. And there were quotes from stars on his team where we were like, I don't like it, I ain't taking it. Because I think as we've touched on, black folks aren't particularly excited about another experimental drug run because they know what this looks like, right? See the mm -hmm. Tuskegee Airmen. Anyway, so he brings in a, quote, expert. want to so smoke I go ahead menthols and be left alone, right? Easy, I mean, easy. take it easy. No, no, so, no. I'm, I mean... That, that's a total joke because Biden. No, they don't. That, they don't trust. They don't trust the establishment, and for good reason. I, I'm with them. I don't. I even, don't mean that as a racist way. I'm just like it's what Biden's doing is racist. Like, hey, you're black. Well, I know. I know. We're gonna I save know. you from yourselves. You you don't need these menthol cigarettes. Well, maybe I like my menthols. Right. So, I go ahead and read the article, and sure enough, this is, I think it was CNN. It was either CNN or the Washington Post. They introduced in the first few paragraphs about how Ron Rivera has brought in an expert, a vaccinologist, to talk his team, talk to his team about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. And it goes on and on and on and on about all these quotes and da, 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 da. Never once do they reference the expert's name or credentials. And I was like, that's huh. interesting. Wonder why. So I start running down Google to try to figure out who exactly he invited in. And he invited in a lady named Dr. Give me one second. I think I still have her pulled up. Yeah. Quote on uh, doctor in air quotes, Kismikia S. Corbett. She got her PhD from North Carolina in 2014, which makes her about 30. Right. She's a baby. Yeah. She does not have a medical doctorate, yet she's somehow an immunologist and vaccinologist. She spent the last seven years since receiving that degree working on mRNA vaccines for Dr. Fauci at the NAIH, NAIAH or whatever the hell it's called. And she specifically was involved in the development of these vaccines. That's the expert that Ron Rivera brought in to convince his team. So anyway, getting back to my point, the dude who invented mRNA is actually an M medical doctor. He also happens to be vaccinated. He also happened to have the virus. And he's saying that he's talking to professionals at the FDA every day. Oh, in addition to having invented mRNA technology, he spent the last 30 years as a consultant to the United States Department of Defense planning for and strategizing how to react to biological warfare. So hmm. this is this dude's world, right? Oh, incidentally, he thinks it may have been something akin to biological warfare. At best, an accidental leak of a deliberately modified and manipulated virus, right? Anyway, yeah, despite having taken the drug, the virus which is vaccine, why I can't smell, which we've talked about, like, right. The flu doesn't do that to people. Despite having taken the vaccine and despite having um, invented it, at least invented the initial, you know, the technology that led to it. He's saying this vaccine needs to be stopped. You know, like it's, it's emergency use authorization needs to expire. He doesn't necessarily expect the FDA to approve it as stands. He still thinks the technology is a wonder drug that will treat all sorts of other things. But for whatever reason, he thinks that it's got flaws as it pertains to treatment of these coronaviruses. 
Mm-hmm. And he's citing to things that are publicly available through the FDA website, the VAERS, uh, called the VAERS uh, reporting database. <clears throat> and that is now being acknowledged by every mainstream media outlet out there. Two things in particular, this heart inflammation problem among young men and issues with the reproductive systems of women. What he explains mm-hmm. is that the technology was always intended that when it got shot into your arm, it stayed there. So the, the, you know, so the basics of the way the thing works is that your MRNA is modified to cause your cells to produce the spike protein that looks like the coronavirus protein. Right. 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 And then your body learns to attack it and kill it. That was not supposed to leave the shoulder tissue, like the meaty tissue in your shoulder, that all that activity was supposed to just stay localized where you got the shot. And then, you know, but then the effect of how to fight it would be, you know, your immune system would be able to fight it wherever it caught the actual virus got into you. Right. Mm-hmm. There is evidence mounting as we, every single day, there are studies being conducted that are being published as we speak that are showing that in some instances in less than 24 hours, they're seeing production of spike proteins in every organ of the body, specifically like lymph nodes and ovaries, which kind oh, of makes some sense because those are parts of the body that are factories already, right? That's what they right. do. We didn't talk about any of this before you took off for the beach. No, no, no we talked. We really just talked about ivermectin and and how the you know you couldn't. Okay, doctors weren't allowed to give it out or prescribe it because then you can't have this emergency use. Okay, cool. Use so I, I figured all with, this out. I guess this was last weekend that I was listening to all this, and you've been gone yeah. since then. So good. I was hoping I didn't just recant everything, but. So, so there's those kind of two primary issues, right? Well, this dude says that those reactions are available in the trial data of these two vaccine makers. So specifically, the idea that the body beyond the injection site is generating these spike proteins, Mm -hmm. that showed up in lab mouse testing in their phase two trials, so like a year ago. And then... The issue of 18 to 30 year old men seeing heart inflammation showed up in the phase three trials where they were actually trialing it on people. The crazy thing is the FDA does not require that all of that be made public. In fact, I assume the FDA must have been aware of it, but they don't have to release it because it's considered confidential until the drug is brought to market as a formally approved drug, dude. They actually have a, a, a note in their applications for the emergency use authorization that they will release all of the results of their clinical trials at the time the thing finally gains approval. Meanwhile, apparently in Japan, they're not offered that protection. So a group of Canadian doctors filed a FOIA request in Japan and got their hand. This guy, Dr. Robert Malone, you know, is reviewing this data and he's saying all of this was in the data. So it's not a surprise. I actually saw an article. Oh, our own government suppressed this information. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? or, or, refuses or is it to the WHO? I mean, who's 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 to who did not release the information? So here, the farm here, companies here, themselves. Here's, here's how this thing flows, dude. And it's all evident. Who it's is, all who deserves the blame is what I'm asking. The NAIH, and I would say arguably specifically Dr. Fauci, Fauci and his entire ecosystem. Fuck that guy, man. Dude, here's what happens, man. He's an evil, Fauci, evil ba- he's as bad as Bill Gates. You know, he's served since Carter in that role. I think it's Carter for sure. Since Reagan, he served under Reagan, HW, Clinton, W, Obama, 
Trump and now uh, Biden. He's been serving in that role for over 40 years. He controls Time to more go. research money than any other human being on the planet. Okay. Which we talked about in those emails. That's right. He's been funding gain of function research. He even circumvented, and this is a known fact now, he circumvented Obama's restriction on gain of function research by redefining gain of function research as though it only pertains to deliberate intents to make a biological weapon, not just tinkering with a vaccine, a virus to see if you can make it more contagious and deadly, which is what was happening. Mm -hmm. Sounds like that's gain of function to literally everybody else on the planet. And it was definitely what Obama intended. Anyway, so he funds the manipulation of these viruses, then he funds the research on how to combat them. And he creates millionaires and billionaires out of people all over the globe. So then when one of these things gets released accidentally, He's fully, he and everybody that he has funded is fully vested in here, take this drug. Because we've now spent billions of dollars developing it, right? Instead of the ivermectin that's been, you know, that hasn't had a patent on it in 20 something years. Hmm. Anyway, I say all that to say this guy is concerned that these vaccines are going to have an unacceptable level of, of risk. Um, that they would have never gained FDA approval if they had gone through the normal process. Because, for example, in a phase three clinical trial where you have 3,000 participants, if you have 25 deaths, they shut the trial down and you'll never get your approval, right? The VAERS website is currently reporting almost 6,000 deaths from this vaccine. Now, hundreds of millions of people have had it, right? So there's a scale issue, right? Not Instead of 25 deaths out of 3,000, it's say 6,000 deaths out of 140 million, mm -hmm. right? But still, that's more deaths than every other vaccine trial of the last 30 years combined. And that's, and, and that's, just, that's just the deaths, right? There are people coming in complaining of miscarriages. One instance that these serious hardcore scientists cite to, a woman came in with a miscarriage and her baby's brain had exploded in half. Because this production of these spike proteins had occurred within the infant inside of her. I mean, and it, it exploded her freaking brain, dude. This sounds so much like conspiracy theory stuff, but it's just it's just truth. Hey man, <laughs> like, look up the Dark Horse podcast. I think it's the most recent episode, the one they released just at the end of last week. Oh, man, we're sorry. Listen to these men exploded and, and look up their credentials and then tell me if it's a conspiracy theorist. They called us a conspiracy theorist just as much as 60 days ago for referencing the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis right and now all of a sudden no you're okay you're you can talk about that and facebook won't delete you for it or, so or I, YouTube I, you know, won't so, yeah. it does sound like a conspiracy theory your baby's brain exploded man well how did that happen uh, well it's got nothing to do yeah. with the vaccine but we don't know right yeah that's the other thing too is they talk about how the VAERS system is selection bias it's all based on voluntary voluntary submittal of that information most people don't even know it exists you're not being told when you go get the shot hey if you have a weird reaction go online to bears.gov and enter the reaction that you got that's not mm -hmm. happening nobody even knows about it right you know somebody just who does the know, know the information chisholm representative thomas massey of uh I believe kentucky yep Republican of Kentucky. Is that the one from MIT that you sent me? Uh, that yes. you Listen, I'm going to play it right now. Yeah. I think because I think it's perfect uh, segue here. Hold on. Yep. I'm going to roll it. So this is Thomas Massey. He's 50 years old. So not quite in the high risk, but, you know, getting up there. And uh, I'm going to play it for you. I just want to 
Number one, you didn't answer whether or not you've been vaccinated. Well, first of all, it's none of your business, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not vaccinated. And until there's some science, by the way, I have a master's of science degree from MIT. I'm not a virologist, but I can read data. Everybody just needs to read and don't put your head in the sand. Look at the data. I'm not going to get the vaccine until there's data that shows that it will improve upon the immunity that's been conferred to me as a result of a natural infection that I had. Boom. Boom, dude. Yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, I love that guy. I hadn't seen it or heard way, it until you posted it. I'm a lot smarter than you because I have a master's from MIT. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. That, dude, they're, that's, that's my point about these three guys, man. Every one of them's credentials are impeccable. Like, mm-hmm. that's just all there is to it. So, uh, with all that out of the way, I want to throw I want to throw out a, a prediction um, uh-huh. for the record. Write this down, and uh, we'll regroup in about a year, maybe maybe less, and see if I I came. <laughs> it came I don't think I like your prediction since my wife's vaccinated, but you know. It is no, so it is. here here let, let me let me make sure to clarify something. I'm not claiming a zombie apocalypse is gonna re, is gonna result from this thing. Right. I. I believe that the majority of people who get the shot are going to end up being just fine. What I'm saying is we don't fully know the risks yet. There's no way of fully fully knowing the risks yet. No vaccine has ever been distributed this widely without having waited a minimum of two years since a proper phase three uh, trial had been conducted. Right. And so there's going to be more harm. The way these guys, one of the, thing, the points these makes is these guys make is that there's always a risk-benefit ratio analysis done on this sort of thing, and that when you consider the fact that ivermectin, and, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine have been undeniably proven, as well as like there's just like five other drugs out there, literally five other drugs that are showing huge potential for treating this thing. Given the amount of therapeutics available. Given the very narrow range of uh, of people who are uh, subject to serious harm from the virus, to be vaccinating eighteen to thirty year old men, knowing the risk that they now are now, the, knowing now for sure that they're under a specific risk, vaccinating twelve year olds who have virtually zero risk. I mean, basically zero point zero 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 three or whatever percent chance of serious complications from having contracted the virus. The risk benefit doesn't measure out to be giving an unknown vaccine to people like that. So I'm not saying all this to freak you or anybody else out who's had the vaccine or has a loved one who's had the vaccine. It's just that we're being forced to take something unproven and it's showing up that at least in certain groups or for certain people, there are major consequences from it. And yet it's continuing to be forced, not only forced, but all that's being squashed and hidden. Right. Well, if I didn't believe what you're saying, I would have taken the vaccine. So, right. I mean, right. No, day, I mean, I know where you're at. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, uh, but I do I hate think, it I think Aaron, like, I wish he wouldn't have gotten vaccinated, but that ship, I mean, and being in the medical profession, it was kind of like, oh, you should do this. I had an interesting conversation on, dude, they're being pressured big time, and that's really shitty. And, and, yeah. you know, the, the, the sorry thing is, you pointed it out a couple episodes ago. She's just as safe having had the vaccine as having not the had virus. it because she already had the virus, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that she didn't gain anything. One of these days, she's going to tell you you're not allowed to hang out with me anymore. But... No, uh, I mean, we're talking about the same woman who was vaccinated, has had the virus, and was wearing a mask at the gym because these people have put the fear of God into her. Like, I'm, and I'm just, and I haven't been vaccinated, and I'm walking around in the gym. We're working out. I'm like, what? What are you doing? What, she doesn't listen to us, does she? What, no, she would never. 
That's what are you doing, love? You look ridiculous. You've had the vaccine. You've had the virus. Take that stupid mask off your face and live life. Um, but you know what? She's over it. We've since Good. gone to concerts. We've wrong. gone to, I mean, Galveston vacation. No one's wearing masks. We're going in restaurants. The kids no longer have, you know, like we didn't even, a mask didn't even show up on vacation, which is great. It's like the first, the kids are over it. Like they had the fear of God put into them. And I was like, where's my mask? Where's my-? I was like, guys, you don't, you don't need the mask. It's okay. Right. You don't need it. Um, so but I had this interesting conversation with my mother-in-law. She's a, uh, she teaches first grade at a very well-known private school in Dallas. We're sitting around the balcony, having a drink. She's like, are your kids going to get vaccinated? I was like, no. She's like, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't want to go back to school and teach in a class full of unvaccinated children and i was like okay you are 65 years old you've had the vaccine i mean if 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 it works then what are you worried about number one number two these kids are not susceptible yes they can get the virus but it isn't going to hurt them and if you've had the vaccine it's not going to hurt you you went this whole she went the whole school year without getting covid somehow and didn't get the vaccine till what halfway through the school year and she's like, well, wouldn't you, wouldn't, don't, do you want to take the chance that, you know, you're, I was like, do you, do you read literature? Do you know right. that kids are not nope, dying from it? At all. And then her and my wife were like, well, kids have died from it. I'm like six Dude, kids out of right. hundreds of millions six. doesn't count. It doesn't yeah. fucking count. It doesn't, right. it's like, you know, sure. Uh, no, a, a, that soccer player dropped dead of a heart attack on the pitch. Uh, from uh, Denmark the other day and they had to resuscitate him on the field. Guess what? He's one of the most healthy athletes on the planet. So sometimes shit just happens. Yep. Um, but I was like, sometimes no, my kids just... are not getting vaccinated and you're a fool. If you think everyone else's kids need to get vaccinated. The reality is there's, there's no denying the fact that because we don't have the information that these vaccines pose a greater risk than the virus does because we have a year's worth of data on the va- virus yep. that shows the kids are safe. And we have absolutely zero data showing that the vaccines are safe for kids. We have some data that it's possibly safe for a six-month period for adults, but we have no, no data to indicate that this thing is safe for kids. And when you tell me that it's specifically attacking women's ovaries, you can bet your ass a man with four daughters is not going to be getting his kids that vaccine when I know they're safe from the virus. I'm with you 100%. Let me throw my prediction out there. Yeah. The, and, and, and I'd, like to, I'd like to go back a bit. I, right before the election, predicted that I had a feeling Trump was going to win. Um, I technically was wrong, but it was close. And he had the second most votes in the history of the United States presidential election. So, you know, I didn't like gold stamp it, but there was right. definitely a movement and a wave coming and, and that was all borne out. Uh, and I out, threw out there the thing about Manchin to start the year. So far, he's backing me up there. So my latest, uh, what do they used to call it uh, on the primetime show or whatever, the pregame NFL stone cold lead pipe lock mm-hmm. is um, I believe. So you were wrong on Trump. No, 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 no wrong. I was not. <laughs> I wasn't entirely wrong. I was I'm trying, not. I'm trying to connect the dots. So you think totally you're about right. to make some bold <laughs> trifecta prediction here when you are partially 
Hey. You weren't even personally right. Trump's not president. So you're wrong there. Didn't you see the signs that those guys in Guatemala and at the baseball games have been floating out there? And apparently in, um, screw you, Kamala. in Sweden, too. Did you see this? I'm still pronouncing her name wrong. Not the screw you signs. The other signs. <clears throat> uh, Kamala. Yeah, you're pronouncing Whatever. it. Wrong. It's Kamala. All right. <clears throat> so for right now, maybe I'll, I'll admit I'm one for one. All right. <laughs> one, one for, for two. two. Right. One for two for three. Yeah. One and one. All right. All right. Um, now that we've clarified that, I want to hear your <laughs> prediction. <laughs> There's at least a handful of listeners who are listening to me right now saying he wasn't wrong about Trump. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, I, my, my prediction is that the uh, mRNA vaccines will not ultimately gain FDA approval. Um, they will ultimately get denied full, uh, full FDA approval, uh, have their EUAs revoked, and that before... I'm going to say this time next year, um, but for sure before the end of this first term of office for Biden slash Harris, you will see a full court press from the Democratic establishment, including their uh, propaganda arms in the media, that all of the chaos caused, all the harm caused for certain people by this vaccine are Trump's fault for Operation Warp Speed. That's my prediction. They won't get full approval and anybody who was harmed for it, it'll be warp speed slash Trump's fault. Oh, and Fauci will be the fall guy uh, in the interim sort of for it all. How many of these new They're already teeing that up. How many billionaires um, that are invested in this big farm explosion from the pandemic and all this, this, the, the biggest transfer of wealth we've ever seen in human history, which basically the rich got richer. How many of them are Republicans? Who knows? Not All I know many. is that they've already made their money. Yeah, they've already well, made their my money. My point is this. They're going to say it's Trump's fault when it's, it's financially backing their party is what it is. They're going to be like, oh, it's all Trump's fault. Operation Warp Speed. Meanwhile, all of us Democrats over here that are invested in big farmers counting our billions. Thank you very much. Blame Trump for that. But but Meanwhile, see, you have to think about it from the farmer's perspective. Even they get to hide behind that. Yeah. Trump made us rush this out. We would have, you know, we would have done better due diligence if he would have, you know, not forced Operation Warp Oh, really? Speed. And okay. just, oh, oh, and, oh, and let me add, a, let me add something. You the just, whole thing you they were sticking about. to in the election is how many Americans died because Trump mishandled it. We would have gotten the vaccine faster. So let me, let me, let me, let me build out the excuse a little bit more. Trump mishandled the original. I like you know, this prediction, by the way. Trump mishandled the uh, response to the virus and the pandemic initially by not shutting us down fast enough. He did. Ne he never imposed nationwide mask mandates or uh, lockdown requirements. Forced instead the vaccine manufacturers to rush a vaccine out when the better approach would have been to shut the country down for the two year period that it takes to fully approve these vaccines, See, pump money be. into the economy, et cetera. So, exactly. Uh, and then we would have been able to debug this situation and rolled something out that was safe. So, you know, he mismanaged the pandemic. He forced us to do something that was faster and, and unethical and, you know, things outside of our typical procedures. And so, therefore, for all of the above, uh, it's Trump's fault. And Fauci's I can fault. see that happening. I can see it happening. You I know mean, how many dude, more right? people like, would have died if Biden was the president? 
Yeah, um, like the economy's already in the shitter, right? Like it's uh dude, I don't well, know that a lot more people would have died, well, man. No, I think we, this virus was gonna do what this virus was gonna do. That's been my take on it all along, well, honestly. Like, I mean, we know I don't that think he'd have saved another he wouldn't have saved any more people to right. your point, hundred percent. I don't think it I don't know that okay, maybe that's the wrong was, way to phrase it, but he yeah. he did call it uh basically xenophobic when Trump implemented the Chinese travel ban. And yeah, I mean you, I, I can't like, say that it you're you're right. Maybe, maybe dude, it just seems like First of all, it was there's more and more evidence every day. Just two or three days ago, there's now evidence that it was in five states as early as November. Like when he shut that travel ban down at that point, that sucker was here. Right. Know? Yeah. But, but I'm just going back to what Biden said. No, no, don't get me wrong. He was saying all that. the wrong things and he continues to say all the wrong things. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying I, don't, I, I won't necessarily ascribe to the idea that it would have been measurably worse. Did you did you see his quote the other day? I can't remember what the question was that the reporter asked him. Uh, but it was something to the tune of what have you, you know, what have you, what have you accomplished really so far? And he's like, 120 days, man, it's been 120 days. And then he just walked off. <laughs> he's like, give me, oh, he did his typical, give me a break. I'll tell you what, man, um, I have seen in several places, the most criticism of him in the last week during his Europe tour. Um, that there has been from the CNNs of the world, like they're actually. Oh, and Kami Kamila too. Did you man. see she's, all of them at the? She's uh, taking the, it in the shorts. What was it when? What country was was it? The G five summit or what? What was that thing called? Yeah, where all G7. the world leaders that were there, mm-hmm. there, and I guarantee to you, every one of them is vaccinated, and they're bumping elbows. Yeah, like, well, it, there's a whole bunch of imagery of how like they set them all in chairs with masks on that were all like eight feet apart, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, like, once the photo op was over, there's photographs of them, like, glad handing, hugging, no masks on, being right up in each other's grill while they were boozing it up. Like, it it was all it was all theater, like Rand Paul said back in May. Did I tell you my interaction with Mark Cuban? (laughs) No. Okay, so this ties into that. Um, I was at a fundraising thing in uh, Dallas. A couple. Mark Mark CCC CCP Cuban. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was like three weeks ago. And Robert Earl Keen was the headliner for this charity thing. And a buddy invited Aaron and I. So we went. And um, anyway, Mark's standing there. And I was like, hey, Mark, um, I'd like to get a picture. The guy, he's a lot taller than you would think. But I guess when you're standing next to NBA players, you don't look very tall. But he's probably like 6'2", 6'3". I'm 5'10". And I was like, God, he's tall. Anyway, he's like, yeah, you can have a picture. But I got to put my mask on first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the chisholm just disappeared from the camera it's just like unbelievable but yeah so he took the picture with me and i'd had a few beers otherwise oh, i don't think man. i would even want a picture with mark cuban but i was like oh this is cool hey mark you know get a get a photo up here dude and- i like I, w- I would love to say like i, I don't know that i would have done this in the moment i probably wouldn't ask for the picture to be honest with you you're a lot more but i love uh, the Mavs. i was just like oh this would be cool oh yeah you know, to my and you're, you're you're a lot more uh willing to approach people than i am in general but I, i'd like to think that i'm the kind of man who if he said well i gotta put my mask on first i'd have been like oh never mind dude and just walked off yeah like that, uh, that's just lame <clears throat> right um pc gotta, be, gotta keep it pc gotta keep my mask on for the photos the only other thing i've got for the day i don't know if you have any other uh items but uh i think it's imperative that we touch on the uh seven gun rights protections that were signed into law by the good governor abbott uh, at the alamo yesterday including the two we talked about last week the um 
suppressor freedom law, not HB nine five seven, and constitutional carry. I think are the two biggest ones that yeah, stand out for sure. to me. Yeah, and he bookended the whole deal with con carry at the first and the suppressors at the at the end. Um, the rest of them. The state of Texas is now a Second Amendment sanctuary state. So, in other words, the state is declining to enforce basically any federal gun laws that are passed. Mm-hmm. Any. Which, this, just like we talked about with the uh, with the suppressor piece being sort of mirrored after the weed le- legislation. I mean, obviously, this is like a direct... Um, <clears throat> They're modeling this notion after, you know, the, the cities that have announced themselves uh, uh, immigration sanctuary cities, right? Hmm. Like, anyway. That Do one. the feds have the stomach for the fight is the question. Because like we talked about last week, they clearly don't when it comes to marijuana. You say, okay, our state and local law enforcement agencies are not going to help you enforce these laws, which we've deemed unconstitutional as a state. They don't have the stomach for marijuana. Do they have the stomach for firearms suppressors? I don't believe overtly they will, but there's something that I've learned from the no agenda guys who I reference all the time that I think is worth noting here. Uh, that podcast I asked you to listen to everybody should check out, uh, the most recent episode of Rogan, or at least it, it dropped yesterday. He may have had another one today. He has these two on, um, their names are Sagar and Getty and Crystal Ball. They have had a podcast together that was initially with The Hill, the um, DC-based news organization, The Hill, mm-hmm. um, and, but now they've gone out on their own. At Joe's suggestion, they've started their own independent, completely independent podcast to get away from any constraints due to you know, ad money that The Hill uh, gets. As an example, Sagar. So Sagar is a conservative guy. He's actually a Texan. Um, his parents are immigrants. He's a first generation Texan American. Um, and then Crystal Ball is a is a left leaning. Um, she's not a leftist, mm-hmm. but she's definitely like a liberal. You know, with a desire to see some social programs strengthened and, and stuff like that. Right. So they have amazing conversations. Their their actual show, I think it's called Breaking Through. Their new show. Um, dude, those two are on top of everything, everything, man, like incredible news. Yeah. Bre- no breaking points is the name of their show. I haven't actually started listening to it yet. I was just listening to them talking to Joe. Um, but they have been diving into that deep state thing that we've teased, mm-hmm. which I'm going to do some listening to them and bring some of that to the foreground. So I heard from them. Now these two live in DC and have worked for a major news outlet in DC and now do their own reporting through their, their show. Right. And I say that to sort of counterbalance no agenda being at times a little kooky. Um, but what they talk about is, 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 is real, too. This idea that the FBI has deliberately set people up. Um, so, so specifically, all of the anti-terrorism laws passed in the wake of 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. There are case after case after case examples of the FBI reaching out to like 18, 19, 20 year old kids and basically entrapping them, egging them on to conduct a terrorist attack, even selling them a pipe bomb, right? 
and giving them a cell phone saying, if you'll die, this is like a documented case, man. I think the Times has reported on it. This one instance that they referenced, the FBI convinced a kid to, to plant a pipe bomb in like a train station or something, gave him a cell phone, said, dial this number and that'll detonate the bomb. And as soon as he dialed it, they were watching him and they swooped in on him wherever he was and arrested him and charged him with terrorism, announced to the world that they had thwarted a terrorist plot and put the kid in jail for 25 years. They set him up, right? Like this kid wouldn't have not done any of that. They gave one example where they were trying for like weeks on multiple calls to convince somebody to do something terrible. And this person's response was, I need to discuss this with my mother. So getting back to no agenda, that guy says that he's got some sort of insider connection because they actually have like former spooks, like CIA operatives and stuff that listen to their show and feed them information, right? He says that they have a six-week cycle at the FBI where to justify their entire existence, you're guaranteed that at least once every six weeks, you'll see some major FBI story in the news, some of which they fabricate just like this, right? Where they actually make a news, you know, entrap somebody just to show and, and it kind of makes sense right like they're they're a government funded operation they have a vested interest in making sure that people believe that they're super critical to the security of this of the state right so so they make drama right like what they did to for whatever it's worth right what they did to hillary clinton before the 2016 election throwing all that stuff out there early in the year deciding it was a non-issue and then reopening the investigation four days before the election, only to 48 hours later say, ah, never mind, we're, we're good. Like all of that. I'm not saying that she didn't deserve it. Well, it has to be planned. Like the timing just doesn't make any sense. Exactly, dude. <clears throat> and then all the stuff that they did to Trump in the early days, all that's not, none of that's deniable, right? So my point is, I don't expect the ATF to come in and raid Texas homes businesses etc there may be a crackdown on, on a couple on a on a on a on a uh, gun shop shop or two yeah. there may be a maybe a crackdown on the gun shop or two maybe um because there were some crackdowns on weed growing facilities in california when they first started all this legalization thing if you recall that under the obama administration all of a sudden you know grow facilities were getting popped um but to your point it's not as though they're going to be able to take down every facility in Texas selling suppressors, right? Um, and they don't really have any grounds on the constitutional, the constitutional carry provision. That's, that's not really a federal issue. Mm -hmm. um, but the suppressor thing is, right? So we'll see a little bit of that, but they just aren't going to have the resources to actually stop it. Um, but what I will expect to see is maybe suddenly suppressors start showing up at, in, in crimes which they've really, I don't know if you know this, but maybe you've said this on air. The, the, the less than 1%. Right. Less than 1% of, ever, of the, all the gun violence deaths in like history involved a suppressor, right? Mm. Um, Guess what? Uh, you still have to pass a background check to get a gun or get a suppressor. You still have to pass one. Right. Right. So it's not like um, these are just willy-nilly around on the black market, like pistols that are being used in Chicago homicides. Gang members don't care for suppressors. They don't need them. They, that's not, that's, you know, they're not seeking them out. Right. But anyway, we're, we're so just talking about the majority of homicides aren't mass shooter, mass shootings. It's, it's, it's male on male homicide in this right. country is what it is. 
they're not going to storm in and 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 take everybody's suppressors because again they don't have the resources for that but i wouldn't doubt if you start seeing news stories um about you know maybe a texas suppressor that slips out of our state and turns up in a crime in some other place that kind of stuff to just to show how like oh now you're in interstate commerce with these things you said you'd keep in your state that that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i think um and and as soon as i start seeing them uh assuming that happens i wouldn't i would never assume that it was all legit i'll just say that right right um listen to those two i recommend highly uh sager and crystal ball because like i said they're on top of all kinds of stuff man um (laughs) I did have one last thing to celebrate as we wrap up here. Did you see Florida just passed the, uh, the law? Well, the great governor DeSantis saying they are going to forbid the teaching of critical race theory in public schools. Yeah. Yeah. He also, um, Badass. he's also taken action to send, uh, Florida, uh, law enforcement to the border to help Texas and Arizona shore up the border. Dude. I love that guy. <laughs> he's a bad mother. dude. Yeah, he's a bad mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, I don't know what we'll get into next week. We'll, uh, we'll track the news. We might tackle the deep state. Um, who knows? But we appreciate you guys checking in for episode 35 of Justified Pursuits. For my buddy Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. We will see you guys next time. Don't believe anybody but us. We're changing the name to uh, Conspiracy Theory now.